and welcome back to Josh and Al- well, Alex and Josh. <laughs> we haven't decided on who is the lead in this yet. We are alphabetical order. Alphabetical, okay. Yes, Alex and Josh do tend to Okay, very diplomatic. Yeah. <laughs> and this week we are talking about... What Godzilla versus Kong. Yes, we are talking about Godzilla versus Kong, which I am very happy. At least one of us is. <laughs> All right. So this movie uh, has a little bit to break down because there are different parts of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to start with the main story. Yeah, yeah, which I would say is the Kong story. It is the Kong story, yeah. yeah. And the other part is like the Zilla story. Yeah, mm. oh, we're just Zilla now. The Zilla. Yeah, just yeah. Zilla because we, we go we're back. Mates, we're mates now. Yeah, okay. we go back. Right. Yeah. So the main plot with Kong is all about getting him from. Was it a real Skull Island? Or it fixed? was real Skull Island. Uh, they put like a, a fixture on top of it. Okay. Yeah. So getting him from the dome over to. Where were they taking him? They were taking him originally to Antarctica. Yes. Yeah. To get him into the hollow earth. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, for some reason, they decided to get my boat when they could have just flew him originally. Well, because, I mean, like, to be fair, you don't really want to put, like, a giant monkey. Do you want him lying on the top of a boat? <laughs> That's also true. I mean, that goes into my question of how large. Yeah. How much does he weigh? Yeah. Yeah. That was a real <laughs> issue with me with this, which is I had no idea how big Kong was and how much he weighed. Mm-hmm. I think a big issue is that Adam Wingard is a very bad director. And this film to me, I was, I was talking to someone about this recently in that films are made with a particular format in mind. So if you try and watch a film these days from like, say, the 70s or earlier... You have to watch it like in the complete dark because mm. they never expected anybody to watch them in a room with a light on, basically. So say you're watching a black and white movie from the 40s or say a Gordon Willis shot film in the 70s. If you have a lamp on, it's reflecting off your screen because they always expected rear projection, something like right. that. You get to the 80s, things are much brighter because they're expecting VHS. You're watching at home, you're watching right. on TV. Okay. You also, in that time, you had, say, Cinemascope films designed for these massive screens that couldn't be replicated at home. Mm. But now you have a film like Kong vs. Godzilla, Godzilla vs. Kong, whatever the order is, um, where it almost felt like this was designed to be watched on my MacBook. I mean, I know it's going straight to HBO Max in the US, but I think this was, like, very much designed for home viewing because every single thing, every single actor, I mean, in particular, was shot in close-up, mid-shots... A lot mm. of just focus on the face, mm-hmm. which is a general trend in modern Hollywood. But then when you cut from, say, Alexander Skarsgård, shoulders up, to Kong, shoulders up, to Rebecca Hall, shoulders up, they all look exactly the same size. They do, yeah. So even... There's no height difference yeah, going on. Yeah. When you see it, there's no height difference. Mm. So then when they have to emphasize it by doing like a shot of like Kong big in the background or whatever, mm. you're then going, well, how big is he? what is he in relation to other things and you start measuring him with other objects so when like he does the fist bump with the little girl it wasn't a fist bump that was like, like a, a finger, finger poke, poke? that okay. was a finger poke that was a, the finger poke yeah and he has like the dexterity to do this but then you see he's like as big as a skyscraper mm. and you're like well how big is the finger if it can touch <laughs> there's these all these little issues that mm. i don't think they properly fleshed out and it leads to very awkward situations like the first fight scene on the boat. Oh yeah, that where, was ridiculous. Where it's like, well, you know, he's just leaping from boat to boat. 
Which how... I don't see how that is possible at all. But not only that, it's like, well, the way they did this film, this is the most PG of PG-13 films I may have ever seen, in the sense that they cover up every single piece of explosion and piece mm. of damage, whatever. So even when he's, like, jumping from boat to boat, they never do any, like, debris. There's not much in the way of explosions. Well, Godzilla no. movies have never really had a lot of killing in it. You oh, no, never no, really no. saw not, the not, aftermath. Not killing, but, like, there's always a lot of collateral damage. Yeah. You... Particularly, like, back in the in the day where they had, like, the guy in the suit and the on the um, model version of Tokyo. Oh, that was great. They loved just demolishing that set. Yeah. And it would just be, like, a guy punching, like, like a styrofoam skyscraper, yeah. and it, it would just great. send bits everywhere. Mm. Whereas with this, it was like they always avoided showing impacts and things. So when <laughs> you have them in the middle of the sea, yeah. it should be a very dangerous thing. Yeah. But like no one really gets hurt. Nothing really happens. The one thing we do see is the guy in the plane. And as he gets thrown, he ejects he, to he safety. He ejects out of it, yeah. So even when they put them in these like incredibly preposterous situations, there's never much peril. Because you never really see any damage. Like, it's very weird how, like, they flip the boat upside down, then they write it again. Mm. And, and nobody's... That, nobody's dirty. <laughs> I think Alexander Skarsgård had, like, a little cut on, yeah. like, the top left of his forehead. Like, that's a, that's a thing that happens much later on when they get to the centre of the earth. Mm. This is, like, a prehistoric landscape. No one gets dirty, no one gets muddy. There's never really any, like goop or like gore or anything yeah. and i'm not asking for like bloodshed but yeah I but just want like something to look a bit out of the ordinary right okay but i feel like that whole aspect of it kind of goes back to just original godzilla movies mm. in general because it was about the monster it's not about like the people i feel like after a while people kind of interjected themselves into it especially yeah. when they introduced kong into the god like into the zillaverse i would say but okay. It's <laughs> <First. laughs> I'm sorry. It's the Zillaverse. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna the call Zillaverse. it that. Yes, okay. the Zillaverse. But it, it's never really been about like the people. I would say it's more about oh, there's a big monster guy and like his story. Before the big monster guy to be big and monstrous, mm. you need to have <clears throat> humans as the counterpoint. You need to have the, okay, we have a skyscraper, so when we have this guy next to it, we know just how big he is. Mm. You need to have the humans as the counterpoint. Yeah. And they were very much... Like, they were there. They were in this movie. <laughs> they, they were there, yeah. But they didn't really have any impact on anything. Like, I did wonder, almost, when they got to the Hollow Earth and they're in that spaceship, mm -hmm. to me, I looked at that and thought, okay... There is going to be a Kong and Godzilla ride at a theme park somewhere. Oh, it's going to be great. And that is the pod you get in as mm. the, as the uh, tourist. And it felt a lot like this film was designed retroactively to be like, hey, there's a comic book series that's going to fill you in. Here's Kong action figure and he's got like the toy axe, things like that. Mm. It felt more like that part was designed for expanded universe things, right. let's say, than a traditional one of these movies. Was it one of these movies? A Godzilla movie? In the sense that it's very much dead ahead, comes to Tokyo, somewhere like that, causes damage. Hong but, Kong this time. Hong Kong this time. Yeah. But, like, they get to the major metropolis, mm -hmm. neither the military steps in or another monster steps in, and yeah. they go very head-to-head. -head. It's kind of weird, actually, that this is specifically Godzilla vs. Kong, 
and they go out of their way to keep them as separate as possible for like <laughs> for majority because I think because I think that kind of goes why they separated them so much was because of the big surprise like in the yeah. middle of it well not the middle like at, towards the end which is Mecha Godzilla which but, was great so to me is I mean obviously you say surprise yeah but every head to head movie we've ever seen because I think of Batman v Superman mm. and I think of Alien vs Predator. They're the only two off the top of my head. It actually actually comes down to they have to team up and fight something else. Right. Because Batman and Superman had to team up to fight that monster thing that came out of General (laughs) Zod. I didn't even know that was I feel like monster thing is like the term for it today. Yeah. Monster thing. And then the aliens and the predator, they had the Predalien, which was like the mixture of the two. I've never seen that movie. Don't waste your time. Yeah, that's why I didn't see it. Yeah. 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 But, so they ultimately always have to team up because no one is going to let their character lose. Yeah, and, I get I get what you're saying. Like we should have we should have known something yeah. else was going to pop up, but I don't think we were ready for Mecha Godzilla. I think possibly like another Titan coming out. So is the Titan the term they use for the monsters in this? Yeah, they're kaiju. In the Zillaverse. Yeah, in the Zillaverse yeah. they're like the kaiju, so right. they're like the monsters and they are the Titans because they've been around for like eons right. and they ruled the planet and they have different see things. to me that just seems like far too much like pointless backstory just designed for like it's been people. around for a long time yeah but it's always just like well godzilla was like a radioactive lizard and he comes and he does this damage yeah. and then it's like you know the other ones appear because it's like mutated animals and yeah. you, you never really need a build up to it it's mm. like you know the old ones in the 60s like destroy all monsters and things like that you didn't need all this like oh he comes from this and he comes from that and he's got an axe and he has this gene memory that he remembers 10,000 years ago. Well, you never need any of that. Right. Because, you know, it's a pulp fiction concept. It sells itself. Yeah, it does. Fuck off huge gorilla versus radioactive <laughs> lizard. Like, let's get it on. Like, you don't need all this banter around it. That in many ways, like, demystifies a lot of it. Particularly with Kong. I have a real... I don't really know what my issue is. And I'll talk it through now. Okay. In that Kong is an ape. Right? Yeah. But he doesn't behave like an ape at all. Which is fine when you have a man in a suit. Mm-hmm. Because in your mind, it's a man in a suit. Right, exactly. But this, they've gone out of their way to be like animatronic. Not animatronic. What's the performance capture, whatever it is, yeah, to yeah, make yeah. it look like an actual ape. Mm-hmm. And then they start off ruining the film in 20 seconds for me when they start off with them waking I up think like. It's great. They wake him up just like an adult human being, scratches his ass, mm-hmm. goes and gets a shower, stuff yeah. like that. Then when he goes and fights with Godzilla, he doesn't fight like an ape. You know, it's 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 one of those issues which, like, to go back to Alien vs. Predator. Right. You talk about this concept. And you think, okay, you have the alien, you have the predator, mm-hmm. two icons of, like, sci-fi, horror, action movies. When you put them together, they can't really fight because, like, the predator is, like, like a Rastafarian kickboxer and, like, a suit of armor. And then the alien is like a cross between like a greyhound and a cockroach. Like you can't really, they can't really fight. Mm. So it was kind of a similar situation here where you have an ape versus like a stegosaurus on its back legs. And they didn't really think of how to have them actually fight. Because when they're like on the boats, they're like swinging at each other like boxers. And it just looks really weird. And then when they get to Hong Kong, it's like, I was thinking to myself... Kong fights like Ronda Rousey 
in the UFC. Oh, oh. Like fights like Ed, like he, he was trained by Edmund Taverdian in the sense that he just has these horrible looping punches and he grapples people to the ground and at one point he goes for an armbar and it's like, what? is he an ape or is he a human being? Because I know he's like, because in like the 1933 Kong, he is just an ape. He's just massive. That's right. like the issue. So it's probably the same in the Peter Jackson one in the sense that it's a remake. So when you get to this, I know he's not King Kong, he's just Kong, but he's not an ape, he's just like another guy, just like a big doofus. <laughs> okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend Kong and his fighting skills right now. Sure. Um, so he's all alone on this island mm. where he's king on yeah. Skull Island, that's why he is... Is he king? In he this? is King Kong, yeah. Because they just refer to him as Kong, like Kong bows to no one, things like that. Yeah, because he's king. Because it's already kind of like a it like a implied, known. Implied it's, king. it's implied because of the fact Kong King Kong has been around for a long time, and he's always just been in charge of this island that he's lived on by himself, and just yeah, he he is the king of, of Skull Island. Yeah, but and, they just call him Kong. But he's also they do because like oh, oh God, King Kong. King Kong, it's it's a bit much. But, to you keep know, saying. when the title is like Kong Skull Island, Godzilla vs Kong, they do the big tease of him sitting on the old throne where you yeah. go, oh, King, King Kong, Kong. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he's been on this island by himself, just like fighting off other predators, trying to like make sure that his it's still his territory. Mm-hmm. And then he gets out. It's kind of like a like a really old animal instinct that he knows that that he knows judo. <laughs> No, not that he knows judo, but that there's something else out there that he's going to have to, like, get... They, the, the... The humans imply it. The use of, like, this animal instinct, this gene memory, whatever, does a lot of heavy lifting in this plot. Uh, it does, it does, but it, it gets the point across. So, when Eileen, the science lady, she's mm-hmm. like, he can't leave because they're two alpha titans and they haven't faced each other. It's this, like, uh, a battle that has been going on for centuries. Yes, has never cropped up before. But they they mention it though. But yeah, okay. like it's never been oh Kong. But because he's had his own island, mm. they're just like because Skull Island was not even thought of in the last Godzilla movie. Yeah. Because Skull, yeah, because it took t- has taken place like in the seventies, the Kong. But I thought they'd been fighting for centuries, for decades. They for haven't aeons. been fighting for centuries, but it's a rivalry that's been happening for centuries. But they haven't had to face... So how is it a rivalry? Because it's just one of those rivalries. You know when you're like walking down the street and you see somebody, you're like... Yeah. Don't like you, but cool. We're going to go our separate ways. That's that situation. Okay. Yeah. Because they haven't, they haven't crossed each other's territory in years. And that's what was built. That was brought up. Because Godzilla does not come near Skull Island. He just hangs out in like Asia. Yeah, he hangs out in Asia. Apparently mm. in Florida as well. <laughs> Because Florida was in it. Yeah, because he can just sense like this magnetic bomb thing. That yeah, they have because in the... well, which was which was weird, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. But the whole thing with Godzilla is the fact that he senses alphas mm. arising because that's the same thing that happened with Ghidorah in the yeah. last Godzilla movie. He was like, mm, "Some ain't right. <laughs> like <laughs> we gotta we gotta go to Antarctica and kick some ass." Right. So I think that's why the way that's the way Kong fights. Because he's not used to fighting like another alpha. He's like all just all just limbs. Well, that's what he. That, no, so I mean that's what he should be. He should be fighting yeah. like when you see videos of like David Attenborough, it's like apes in the wild. Yeah, he should be fighting like that. It shouldn't be like a recognizable like hybrid kung fu. But <laughs> but even when you see him fighting, because at least general, like at least like 
uh, Godzilla has like his tail whip and his like laser breath mm. and stuff like that. The fact that they went out their way to give him an axe is just like they've forgotten that Kong is meant to be like an animalistic presence. Right. Yeah, I would say the axe was a bit. I was I was cool with the axe. Like this movie is just a fun movie for me. Like just breaking down like the small parts kind of hurts. But I understand the axe mm. was a bit like oh, okay, like oh. Where the axe come from? Yeah. Oh, I put it here. Oh, yeah, da, da, da. I put it here yeah. like 25 yeah. million years ago <laughs> and I found it again. But again, going back to the fighting, because if you watch him try to destroy other animals, mm. he does it the same kind of way, just kind of like, yeah, I guess it's like them. Yeah, it's like it's his style, yeah. but his style just seems a bit touch too human for me, I think. Yeah. Which is... He knows sign language as well, so... Yeah, I guess. He maybe had like a... A sensei on the yeah. on the island he said as well. A, I mean, there were indigenous people that lived there, so yeah, and they were all like you know Olympic. And he adop- adopted yeah. um, Gia, so yeah, that's true. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> In that case, I've come around to your way of thinking. I get Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. So, plot A. Weird plot. Hollow Earth. So plot A. I again to go back to Adam Wingard. He's just a horrible director. Mm. The sheer amount of references to other movies and other things that cropped up just drove me insane. You have, oh, Denham University. Yeah, Carl Denham. All right. But then you have when, like, Damien Bashir turns up and he has the thing, which is the Gears of War sonar map, which turns into a video game of Defender. And as they get into it, it does the um, hyperdrive from yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Mm. Because the thing is, he's a very, like, referential filmmaker. Right. But it's a very vague referential. It's, like, in The Guest. It was just like, hey, do you remember the 80s? Well, here it is. This was just like, hey, are you like vaguely nerdy? Well, here's here's some stuff, stuff to yeah. like, you know. And like when they went to the Hollow Earth and they did the 2001 star channel oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like even to the point where they have like Kong doing like the Kia Dulia, like when he's like feeling the G-force or whatever. Mm. At that point, I don't know what the point of being a director is because either just he's just putting things yeah because he's like just going hey do you remember this better thing mm. like that's all he kind of does unless the alternative is and i suspect this we'll come to it to the b plot mm. he's vaguely ashamed of the material and he's like oh no no it isn't just pulpy stuff look here's a reference to the smartest sci-fi movie of all time uh. here's a call back to a legendary hollywood movie I highly suspect the fight on the boat is taken from Evangelion, the anime, because the episode when Asuka gets her Ava, it's at sea. And because he just did the Death Note movie, I suspect... He's got the anime yeah, background going on. Yeah, yeah, which it becomes a point where I'm just watching it, like looking for references to other things, rather than being like, oh yeah, this is an Adam Wingard movie. It's what Wingard going to remind me of from other stuff, you know? Mm. Um, and that really works against it because you come out of it not thinking like, oh yeah, that was like, there's this iconic moment of Kong versus Godzilla. It's, oh yeah, this was a clever reference to something I already know. But I think that also just kind of goes into a lot of movies that come out now Mm. do the same thing. Yeah. You kind of, you're watching it and you're like, it drives me Deja insane. vu. Wait, hold on. Have I seen this? I have seen this before and that's just an issue that we have right now. But what are you going to do? I get better directors for Yeah, movies. you can do that. You can do that. I mean, Adam Wingard is a prime example of someone who's just like failed upwards and just he's made awful films repeatedly and they just give him more money. Mm. I guess he's nice. I guess he's easy I guess to work he's with. Just like, I guess so. I guess that's what it is. Because um, he has like, this is his first 
Unless I'm forgetting something, this is his first like major like special effects blockbuster. It is. It is. I looked it up. Yeah, and he doesn't have any particular aptitude for it. Because when I saw his um, background, I was like, how how in the world did they choose yeah. this guy that started making the weird VHS horror yeah. movies and now he's doing Godzilla versus Kong? Yeah. Like, he's never shown any kind of blockbuster no. aptitude. Mm-mm. And then you put him in this situation. And, you know, the they always say with, like, Marvel films, it's very much they shoot on the green screen and sent to Korea for the animators to mm-hmm. do, and they do the bulk of it. Yeah. Had the same vibe with this, where it's like, I don't really know what direction he's doing on, say, the boats going right, across the yeah. sea, or the scenes of uh, Kong in the Hollow Earth. Mm. It felt just a case of, I'm just looking at CG, like a cutscene from a video game half the time. Yeah. It didn't help out a lot of it was just done in that same, like, overly bright teal and There's orange. A lot of, lot of colors. Yeah. A lot, a lot of colors. Which yeah. is nice on the big screen, but, like, in the grand scheme of things, it's... His use not... of neon is the only use of neon that doesn't really work. Because it's like, he never does the contrast far enough. So when you get to them using the, like, neon system for controlling Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. She looks like a haunted house to me. It anyway. looked, like, that looked really cool. That scene looked really cool, but as a contrast from the colors in this movie to uh, Godzilla King of Monsters, mm. high, really different. That Was that, uh, what's it, Gareth Evans? Gareth Edwards? The guy who did Rogue One? I think I'm yeah. not entirely sure. Because his big thing is being like the grim and gritty yeah. take on like the thing. So I guess mm. that's that explains why that one is so like dark compared yeah. to this, which is mm. very high contrast. Well, the first, two, the first two Godzilla movies, so the, the, redo, the redux of mm. Godzilla, they were both very gritty. And then you get this one that's just like yeah. neon anime, woohoo! Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Um, but I would say the Hollow Earth thing has now started like a bunch of conspiracies or have unearthed ongoing I mean, conspiracies. I mean, it has been a conspiracy for a long time. It, has it been. was I, I always enjoy media which takes like a conspiracy seriously, mm. like makes the conspiracy real. Yeah. So my favorite things are like Independence Day and you get like Area 51 and oh, it's like it's exactly like real. It's yeah. real, guys. I don't know. I wish they would have done it a little bit different. Like a little, just like, because I feel like they... They relied on Gia's and Kong's relationship a lot. Yeah. For that, and we, I watched it in a Chinese movie theater, so mm-hmm. therefore there were no subtitles to what the girl was saying. Yeah. Which was which made it handy when Rebecca Hall just like lip read everything. Yeah, exactly. Was I was just like, okay, yeah. what do you say? Oh, okay, I get you. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I felt about that. Like, I don't, I don't know if that was supposed to be. Some kind of ooh, well, let's give him like the human aspect of yeah, things. Yeah, which like, which seems know. like a very unnecessary thing to do. Because mm. the appeal of Kong has always been how like alien he is to the rest. I mean, that was the big thing with the thirty three version, where they go and he's just like this freak of nature. Mm. Then they take him into society and he just can't handle him. Right. And you never try and humanize it, but you don't have to because you get you already figure out like well he's an animal, mm. so it's already there up front. The stuff they do trying to humanize him just seems very unnecessary. It was very unnecessary for this story. Like, I felt bad for the guy. Well, yeah. he's not a guy. I felt bad for the ape. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't... I don't know how I felt about trying to humanize him so much and, fit, like, making him seem like he's such an isolated person. Yeah. When we've had other Godzilla movies, like, we've had these new Godzilla movies come out knowing that there are other monsters out there. Yeah. So do you really feel bad for him? Yeah. No, not really. No, I, not really. That's what I mean. You yeah. really don't because... 
I guess it's the whole like evolution thing. He's like closer to human. Yeah. But but even then, it's like you can say that, but like Godzilla doesn't seem particularly like unhuman. You know, he, that's he, also true he because has his, he has like the eye thing. Yeah, he has like windows to the soul. Yeah, he has like very clear motivations. Mm. He has very human stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, he move, like when he fights, he starts with back legs. He hunts down the other titans because mm-hmm. he's like mates with Millie Bobby Brown, things like that. So, it he is. I would almost argue that he's more like a person than Kong. Like Kong acts more human, right. but like the motivations of Godzilla are more human. They are because they're because of the last one. They're just like, yeah, well, Godzilla's on our side now. And then the whole thing in this movie is he hasn't, they've been monitoring him this entire time, knowing what he's doing, knowing his patterns and everything. All of a sudden it's like, wait, whoa, whoa, Zilla, dude, what do we do to you? So would we like to now move on to the B plot? The That's, Godzilla stuff? Yes, because that goes have, into the B plot. The, uh, smooth transition. Yes, like, okay, because then you're yeah. like, because you know, you're just watching Kong, you're like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And then Zilla's. What he's, are you guys doing? He's like not really in this movie. He isn't, which like, is fine-ish. It's kind of, yeah, it's it's, it's weird because I think they kind of try and tease him like Jaws in the sense that like you they imply he's there, but then they're just like following him on this train and you don't even see like the tail swimming or no. anything. You're just meant to assume he's around, which I think is, they definitely cut things out of this movie. They cut out at least two Chinese actors and... Like, Lance Reddick is in the opening credits, and he has, like, one scene. I don't know if he has a line. And Kyle Chandler's in it for maybe five minutes. So they definitely cut out, like, a lot of the Godzilla stuff, mm. I assume. Um, but that side of the film, I thought was... I really hated that side of the film. Those three characters, when they put them together, is an absolute nightmare. I liked it for the comedy so that's why I actually hated because A it's not funny and B it shouldn't be funny what like because <laughs> it's the it's the question I always have when I come back to like modern blockbusters particularly the Marvel stuff mm-hmm. where it's like okay you have um, I don't know you have the Earth is going to be destroyed by Thanos right and you have all these people coming together and like they can fly and they're really strong and they're really tough why are we making this funny? Like, what's the what is like the <laughs> like? Because it's basically it feels very self protective. This is the this is the right, tone the tonal yeah. issue. I don't understand with these films because they always do like a joke at the, like the climax and things. And it, to me, I cannot tell whether they want it to be like light or what I suspect from guys like Joss Whedon, from James Gunn, people like that. Mm. Deep down, they are partly ashamed of the material mm. and afraid of getting it wrong. So, for example, you have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which could have been James Gunn's Star Wars. It could have been. And at every step of the way, he plays things like a joke, so that way you can't take it seriously. So he has a get-out-of-jail-free card for, oh, if you think this bad guy isn't as good as Darth Vader, you don't have to because he's a joke, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the whole way through Kong vs. Godzilla... Those three characters were just making it light of everything that that's happened. So it was like the three stooges for you. No, it felt like you, you know when someone doesn't like a movie and they just start talking through it, that making was... jokes. Ah, like kind of like a bad mystery science theater. Yeah. Because on one hand, you have they built it up. It's Kong versus Godzilla. Kong bows to no one. Titans mm. will clash. Right, yeah, they are destroying Hong Kong. 
And then you have these guys just like cracking wise all the way through it. Am I meant to think the world is in peril? Am I meant to think millions of people are going to die? Am I meant to think these two massive monsters are going to beat the life out of each other? Mm-hmm. Or is this just a joke? Or is this just a lie? Yeah, it kind of takes away the, the sense of urgency. Yeah, there's no urgency, kind of, there's no danger. No, especially when um, she was like, oh my gosh, we should, when they first get into the pod and like take the freaking speed underground tunnel train yeah. to Hong Kong. Um, when she was like, Oh my gosh, there's skull crushers. First, I was like, how do you know that from an egg? And I was like, oh, yeah. okay, I guess you have, like, ties with Monarch, I guess, whatever. And you would think her, like, very quick sense of urgency there, oh, skull crushers, are they going to come out of the yeah. eggs? And then nothing happens. And then they cut them, cut back to them, and they're just, like, sleeping. Yeah. Mm. But, like, that I can understand. It wasn't really... Cause the, cause when you the, say that, yeah. Because it's like, you, I was thinking, like, you go back to big blockbusters like, or I mentioned like Independence Day, mm. things like that. You may have like a, a funny character, a character right. who's like, their personality is they make jokes, but no one like laughed at like the dangerous stuff. No one like looked at like the big villain and like made jokes about it. And it feels like they are going out of their way to make them as like soft as possible. Mm-hmm. And then, so when you get to the, the finale, that could have just been like a slapstick scene because yeah. no one really took it seriously. And then Wingard's direction where he makes sure it's like this the emptiest Hong Kong has ever been. The buildings just like fall over like Because no I don't damage. know how they evacuated Hong Kong yeah. as quickly as they did because Hong Kong is a very densely populated place. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, we've already evacuated the city. How in the... How? Yeah. It's an... Like, uh, okay. All, all, these, right. all these films, they live in fear of Man of Steel. Because that mm. fight, that finale where they're fighting in Metropolis and yeah. all the people get mangled, people were so. It was like I don't say controversial, but people were so concerned with that being like nine eleven imagery, that oh, okay. every yeah. single follow up they've gone out of the way to be like, oh, thankfully the city's empty, it's deserted, Ooh, and yeah. then you're just like, okay, you've just taken away the whole element of danger, right? And you know, might as well just say like, okay, we've inflated the city with like balloons it's there's helium in the skyscrapers don't worry everything will be fine <laughs> everything is fine you know? because there is a scene when godzilla there's like a really weird cutscene. you're like watching the fight from this office yeah. window you're like okay so um you see this is what my thinking was very like while i was watching i was like okay so you see that there are two giant monsters fighting and you're just gonna watch, watch it from yeah. your window and then Oh, oh no, he's coming this way and then run. There's no way you escaped out of that. Yeah. There's no there's absolutely no way. People are dumb. Don't do that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Particularly when there's two kaiju fighting outside. Yeah, don't like uh yeah, that makes sense when you know that they exist in your world. Yeah. You know the destruction that they can cause and the nuclear aftermath as as well. Yeah, you you get that excuse in the first movie mm. when you fall into the franchise, you've gotta go. You gotta you gotta you gotta go. And I don't know because I like now that you're talking about like the comedy and like the slapstick trying to kind of like um, mm. undertones of it, it kind of separates itself from the previous movies. Yeah. Because none of none of them had any kind of comedy in it at all. They were all very serious. I would say the only Godzilla movie that I recall having like legit comedy bits in it was the nineteen nine the nineties version. The Roland Emmerich one. Yeah. Yeah. That was, like, the only one that was, like, very small little bits, but it wasn't, oh, hey, we're going to cut to these characters, and you know you're going to laugh, and then go back, and yeah. then we're going to go back to something serious, so. But, like, the ones in, like, the 60s and 70s, like, they were, like, very silly. Mm. 
but they were fine with being silly. They didn't mm. have to point. They didn't have to have a commentary track of like a, a character that could be like, "Wow, that's dumb." Yeah, you know, like in the early ones, a big thing that they tend to do is they will have the monsters fight, then portray it as being filmed by a camera, now like a news commentator basically doing like pro wrestling commentary over the top. Mm. You don't need someone being like, "Oh, this is so stupid. This is so silly," because you know that. But in, within the world of the film, because they're taking it seriously, it's fine because that was how they were doing it. See. It feels often almost too self-aware. That, I think that goes to a question that I'm having right now, is do you think that the old Godzilla movies and like old King Kong, well, King Kong was never really silly, but the old Godzilla movies were able to be silly because we know it's a man in a suit and now we're trying to be more serious? I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think there's definitely like some kind of like double signifier of like, I know that's King Kong. I mean, I know that's Godzilla, but I know it's a fella in a suit. Yeah. Whereas now... We're just like, oh. but like, but now, like, what is it? Cause it's just like a CGI monstrosity. Mm. It doesn't really look like anything. Mm. Especially when they zoomed in on his face, I was like, yeah. Ooh. And it's, yeah, I do wonder that now what these monsters like represent. Cause they've always represented certain aspects, certain yeah. things. Yeah, it was the thing which I was trying to wonder, particularly when they saw fight the team up against Mecha Godzilla. Because mm-hmm. then it's like, well, we are meant to perhaps look at that as they are standing up against like their nature versus like i don't know technology you could you can you can go that route if you want to yeah but then it doesn't really work because they themselves are so dangerous that you almost feel like damien bashir's character is he's portrayed as the villain Mm -hmm. he's probably the good guy since he's making like a godzilla we can control so he He's villainous in the film, but mm-hmm. his motivation isn't particularly villainous at all. When you consider that, he's intending to stop monsters, which we can literally see are destroying things by right. fighting each other. See, I think instead of saying it's like animal versus technology, mm. I think it's animal versus man trying to control them, if that makes sense. Because they were trying to control Kong in the beginning, mm. putting the dome over him, and yeah. he's like, get me out of here, and like throwing... Yeah. Trees at it pretty much. With perfect accuracy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Straight up. Um, and then you have that kind of aspect of it. You have the people con- like not really controlling Kong, but just not Kong, Godzilla. Mm. Um, and just monitoring him the entire time, thinking they know his patterns, yeah. but not really understanding that this is a wild animal type of thing. Like I guess that's the conversation that it's doing like it's trying to do, or you can make it have that conversation. Mm. I'm pretty sure it wasn't trying to do that at all. Yeah. But um but I think that's what it is. It's just man trying to control animal. Animal being like, big old bird in your face. Yeah. Like, get out of my face. So. And there's definitely a subtext to it with, like, the military can't do anything. Mm. So private companies have to step in. Right. Which is a trend, I think, that comes from the superhero movies where they are basically just, like, superpowered police. Mm. And I suspect that's that felt quite insidious to me. Particularly with how they do Damien Bashir's character they, you know, when I say, like, the comedy seems self-aware, a lot of these films come, like, pre-packaged to avoid any kind of criticism. Mm-hmm. So you had, like, what, like, what's the good example I'm trying to think of? The um, Zack Snyder Batman movies with Lex Luthor. Nobody liked that Lex Luthor. Nobody, yeah. And along those lines, one of my favorite recent movies is the Robocop remake, mm-hmm. where they replaced the old man, who was the CEO of uh, OCP in the first movie, with uh, Michael Keaton, who is basically dressed and acts like Steve Jobs, and people didn't like that either. And I suspect what it is, 
is these films are designed basically for the internet. It's for the Reddit audience. Yeah. And they don't like the nerd being the bad guy. They like to look up to Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, people like that. Mm-hmm. Which is why they seemed intentionally vague. You have Mexico's Damien Bashir called like Walter Simmons. <laughs> And they are really going out of their way to have him have, like, you know, the Japanese colleague and things like right. that. They really went out of their way to be like, okay, this is like, he, I mean, when they go in, he's on the screens and things. He's He is very much an Elon Musk figure. Yeah. But they went out of their way so much to make sure you can't go, that's meant to be Elon Musk. That's not what he represents. Even though it's exactly what he represents. Yeah. And it's things like that these days where I feel a movie like this is trying so hard to avoid any kind of criticism controversy. Right. Even though it's just like a fun summer blockbuster that comes across as very that's soft. What it's supposed, that's what it's supposed to be. That's what Godzilla movies to me are supposed to be. They're supposed to be just fun movies. You forget about what's happening in the world. You go watch Godzilla. You walk out. You're like, I but just they, watched Godzilla. But they need more substance than this. Because you used to do this with Terminator 2. You used yeah. to do this with Armageddon. Mm-hmm. You used to do this with, I don't know, what was like Top Gun films like that. Which were, had way more like... Two of them were more great, way more like in terms of like legitimate concepts and right. things. They felt like they were films about stuff. This felt like films just designed to sell a product. Now, for years, the criticism has been like, oh, people just go and watch these CGI, it's effects, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to something this, which is intentionally geeky, quote unquote, no one seems to care, everyone's fine with it. And because of that, the barrier, the level of quality seems just very low. <laughs> very low. I mean, when I was watching it, I felt like Zack Snyder was completely vindicated with every choice he made with Justice League. Right. Because when people are going, oh, the 4 by 3 aspect ratio, it's got the bars on the side of the screen. When you have Kong and Godzilla, these massive vertical creatures, to try and get them into the cinema scope, the angles they oh, were weird. using were so stupid. They the amount of really times they were, they were shooting from directly above, directly below, like, had them like almost hiding behind the uh, towers of Hong Kong because it's such a wide frame they look like they're hiding like a forest almost mm. like mm-hmm. a metal forest yeah. it's like it was so partly poorly directed but intentionally badly directed in the sense that you have these monsters fighting and they hid the impact of every single blow it, they did there's a lot of cut on impact in this so they throw a punch cut to the response you don't actually see the fists clash you know, you don't see a lot of things land because the explosion hides it. You know, when they did um, Godzilla sinking the ships, they did the top-down view. So you just saw, like, the tail go long and right, the ship yeah. sink. You never saw it, like, crash through the bow. Do you think there's a... Because we've watched it in Beijing, do you think there's, like, a, um, a censorship, like, a light censorship on it? I think partly because they were playing to the Chinese audience, so yeah. they went out of their way to do it. Yeah. Because that was why you had, like, the JD Cause advert I, in the Yeah, because that's my question now, because I know a lot of um, movies here, they try to take away some of the violence yeah, that you would they, normally get in the West. They cut a lot of things out. Like, a thing which really stands out to me is I went to see Spider-Man Far From Home, the yeah. one where he's in Italy, and the ending of that is mangled, and then... It stood out as like it's very weird editing, and I watched it when it was on HBO. And what they did was they cut out every instance of um, Spider Man and Mary Jane touching each other. Really? Yeah. So when oh. they so when they kiss, it's just like an awkward teens just like, kissing. <laughs> and the way they do the cut is they kind of get in close, and they're suddenly far away. 
And when they go for oh, a bogus, like they get very close and they're very far away. Oh, that's very, very weird. So okay. in the back of my mind, I wonder if they were avoiding that by making it already without mm. the danger of the impact, which is not the way you want to make movies. Because, I mean, like, to be fair, it was released here before it was released back yeah. by a week. Um, so there may be some kind of difference that we... Yeah, we don't know. We don't know about yet. Yeah. Also, it was very much based on how they had... Uh, what was her name? Tian Jing in the first Kong, Chinese actress. And there was the major controversy that came afterwards. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah. Where yeah. it turned out she couldn't speak English at all. She was doing everything phonetically. Yeah. Um, I highly suspect this was initially to be more Chinese mm-hmm. and then they decided it's not really worth it and just sliced yeah, all just that like, out. Nah, we're not going to deal with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is an issue. But they were fine with the Meg apparently because they didn't cut anything out from the Meg. Well, that was all Chinese funded. Exactly. So, so yeah, all right, fair enough. There yeah. we go. So, B-plot, a bit a bit crap. Yeah, way, um, way... And the thing is, when we focused on the shouldn't be funny, <clears throat> mm-hmm. let's go back to the it isn't funny, because a thing which I have only come to realise, because I only got a TV this year, so I, only, by what, only now am I putting <laughs> things together, a thing that I find quite frightening about modern culture is you would have, say, comedy movies back in the 90s, then you have your sitcoms, then you have like smaller stuff like sketch shows, adverts, things like that. They all had like different types of humour. Mm. If you watch a Geico commercial, it's the same type of joke as in a modern sitcom, like The Office, for example. Mm. Yeah, of, they have of, started or, doing that, yeah. Of like, hmm, awkward pausing, wow, so that was a thing. Right, I'm gonna yeah, deadpan yeah, yeah. this crazy, doing yeah. That. yeah. And then it's that exact same humour applied again to the $100 million blockbuster. And it's aggravating when it's in the ad break of an NFL game. When it's the main thing that you get in a blockbuster, it drives me absolutely up the wall. It's so agonizingly unfunny. I I enjoy tap water. See, it's it's little things like that that just drive I, me insane. I, I enjoy tap water. I thought it was funny. I'm going to call one of my um, mouth breather friends a tap water. And tap water, I believe, is also one of my most disliked common character types of the like ambiguously ethnic fat simp because no yeah we get a lot of those because you also had that in that spider-man the Mm -hmm. the, is he vaguely mexican guy who was friends you know and i the reason why part of that annoys me is i know that's meant to be like the audience representation of the movie he's like he's the guy who gets us in because he's the guy who's always like oh i know i know all the uh, i know all the trivia from the internet i -hmm. I know reddit i know this you know they're also very unfunny. They are very annoying. Yeah, he wasn't really he wasn't really funny, and that was just kind of confused. It took me a, a a bit to realize that he had an Australian accent. And I was yeah. like, Yo, kid, what you? Um, I mean, like you can live in Florida, but like, yeah. what? Why, why do you have this accent in Florida? <laughs> why do you? Like you, your brother is a storm chaser. I guess he's chasing hurricanes. Yeah. I guess that's what I kind of pieced together at the end. But it was. Very off-putting because I am from Florida. I have never met an Australian person living in Florida in yeah. my life. So it, it, almost <laughs> for a moment, I was like, okay, so they were in Florida. Have they moved somewhere else that's still nice and warm? Yeah, and Pensacola is just like a weird place to move to. Yeah, but okay, that's like <laughs> that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, but 
the weird part was is the fact that we just did the Justice League one, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm watching the credits. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's see who's in this. Mm-hmm. That's the same special effects guy. Yeah. And then we got um, Tom Hulken... Hulkenborg. Hulken... Hulkenborg. Tom Hulkenborg. Hulkenborg. Yeah. He sounds like a robot. He just sounds Swedish to me. <laughs> he sounds like a little... <laughs> Swedish. Uh, but yeah, we have the same two people yeah. back at it and again. And his score was by far the best part of this movie. Oh yeah, it was great. He has very much inherited like the Hans Zimmer sound of the 90s, like the yeah, wall of sound. Yeah. He is really good at that. Oh, yeah. It was very just like, boom, boom, boom. And yeah. I'm like, I am all about this, like, especially surround sound. I'm and I liked cool. when Mechagodzilla was around, he put like a more of like a synth mm-hmm. note into it. Because yeah. there was like, I was thinking like, there's very few times where they've merged electronic elements into scores correctly. There was like, a, a in my mind, there's like a very small period, like 2001, with Metal Gear Solid 2, done by Harry Gregson Williams. Very good. Then you have the Sound of the Matrix sequels, where they got Juno Reactor to work with Don Davis. Mm-hmm. And they actually like merged it correctly. Daft Punk, Tron. So that's a weird one, because the way that score worked is it was they were like sampling other scores. And then in the middle, they had de-rezzed. They're, de- they're DJs, though. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that makes sense, so, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. What I'm, okay, saying is, yeah. what I'm saying with the, these ones is they are like normal film scores, mm. but as well as having like the string section, the percussion, they have right. like a synth yeah. involved instead of being like, okay, here's the score. And then there's like an electronic track. Mm. They merge it well. So it really helps when you have like, when Mecha Godzilla comes out, because it sounds like the rest of the Godzilla music, but yeah. with like this like, weird undertone futuristic twist. Yeah. It was a really clever way of doing it. It was a great soundtrack. Yeah. I have to say I have been listening to it and yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty dope. Yeah. I'm a really big fan of him. And I hope he becomes, like, the next Hans Zimmer. And sounds yeah. like he's the next iPhone in all the big movies. I'm just afraid of him. I, I'm just afraid of, um, I would say the Zimmer effect is yeah. when you start doing a lot of movies and then they pretty much kind of have the, same, the same kind of storyline. Yeah. And then your music starts having the same kind of melodies and, yeah. like, undertones and things. You're just like, wait, am I watching this movie? No, I'm actually not watching the movie. Yeah. I had that happen to me this week. It wasn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> so. there, was, there was a thing I was watching recently where... So apparently with a lot of films, when they do the score, mm-hmm. they will like edit the footage to a previous song they want it to sound like. And then what inevitably happens is the guy who's doing the score just makes his own version of that previous song. Apparently it happens a lot with, um, what's his name? The guy did 300. Ramin Jawadi, he did the score for 300. Ah. And they set the edit to the score from Titus the Julie Tamer movie with mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins and um, when you listen to the two scores back to back it's like yeah. oh you just did this just but with like it. a guitar in it as well yeah that's yeah so I'm it's one of those things where like I really like it where I can listen to something like oh that's that's, that's from this movie yeah. yeah and I feel like he is perfect at that moment but right yes now. let's hope he doesn't become Zimmer the Zimmerfied Zimmer, the Zimmerfied yeah. even though Zimmer I still love you but um yeah. So there's a few out there. I'm just like, yeah. I, I'm getting mixed up. Just put a bit more effort and yeah. at certain times. I feel like it's just with the Christopher Nolan ones, he put he yeah. a little bit of effort into it. But then it. when it becomes like the next one he does, he's like, oh, Nolan light. No, yeah, he, was, he wasn't on this next this last Nolan film. But anyway, would you watch this movie again? No. <laughs> Very just like, no. I barely watched it once. You, that is also true. You were on your phone a few times. Okay, yeah, which, yeah, and I checked my phone like two minutes in when they had like the ironic 50s song, Kong's Getting a Shower. <laughs> you know, even though it was in like a mostly empty cinema, 
my sigh was like the loudest thing in there. Oh, see, I I was um I would definitely watch this movie again. I don't know if I don't know if you've realized, but I I love Godzilla. This is not my favorite Godzilla movie that came mm-hmm. out, but I would definitely watch it again. I've already downloaded it, so okay. I'm going to. Oh, so in that case, if you do watch it again, see if the Arnie cuts any. Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. like update you and be yeah. like, okay, wait, yeah, this is this is completely different. We can discuss on a future episode. Yeah, possibly, possibly talk about censorship, mm-hmm. um, and just cutting in general. Um, so I would definitely watch this movie again. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite. Um, if I'm having like a marathon, mm-hmm. I'll throw it in there. So out of ten. Out of ten, I would give it a seven. Okay. <laughs> but I will have to say, uh, my least favorite part is Gia. Why? I don't know. It was just like it was too much. I'm like, I okay. feel like it's. I feel my least favorite part was the whiskey in the holster. That that was also a bit strange. Yeah, I would have to agree with you because it was like, yeah, my girl, my my wife died, but I keep this like whiskey. In a gun holster. In a gun holster on my body and, at all times. And it, when it's like empty, that knows it's like my life is over, but I still carry it with me so I can drink it if I have to end yeah, my life. Like, like, I don't really understand. I didn't understand that either. I didn't, I don't know. But like um, a, lot, a lot of this was very like screenwriting 101, give everyone a motivation, humanize everyone. Yeah. But you know, sometimes we don't need that. It's yeah. not necessarily the time. And what was your favorite part? There has to be like a part that you were just like, yeah, that's pretty cool. No. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> no, not at all. Not like. No, like every like moment that stands out was like a bad moment. Okay. Like my least favorite moment was seeing Kyle Chandler, just kind of phone it in, because actors very rarely come back from that. Like when they start just doing that, like when Nicolas Cage started just doing Nicolas Cage, that was it. That was devastating. When Michael Shannon just had to do Michael Shannon, that was it. He mm. never recovered. I, As much as I love Kyle Chandler, I don't want him to just be, oh yeah, he's doing Kyle Chandler again. Well, that's what happens after a while. Yeah. After a few years. Um, and then, obviously, I would say my favorite part was the Mecha Godzilla big reveal. Mm. Um, I will have to apologize to my friend that I watched this with, Josh, um, Joshy Boy. I was... Not um, me. Not, not this Josh. <laughs> different Josh. Uh... I was punching his leg mm. a lot because I was really excited because yeah. my mom grew up watching Godzilla so therefore like that joy of Godzilla kind of mm-hmm. like transferred into me um, and when Mecha Godzilla came out I was just like you have to be kidding me I am mm. not ready for this I was really excited and I punched his leg because there was another Chinese woman sitting next to me and I didn't want to scare her so <laughs> I, well I, I had that surprise ruined for me by Uniqlo you, who you did yeah, have sorry. a Mechagodzilla t-shirt in the Kong vs. Godzilla range wait hold on there's t-shirts yep yep okay. so <laughs> I had earlier in the day seen a guy getting a Starbucks with a Mechagodzilla t-shirt and I was like mm, that seems very convenient then when they no. go to this, the, the company and it's all like technology and things like well I suspect I mean it didn't ruin oh, no. it because they didn't I mean, they ruined it for themselves, mm. I guess. Um, but it's, yeah, I would have liked to have been caught off guard by one thing in this movie. Right, but, but it was taken away from it you. Was in, it was, yeah. Like you, somebody... could, you could set your watch to this movie. You could set your watch? Yeah. What do you mean? It just hits every single beat you expected to hit uh, at the exact time you expected yes. it to land. That is true. Well, yeah. It's a very predictable movie. Yeah. But it's fine. It's That's what it's supposed to be. I don't think it's trying to be anything else. 
which is when you have hundred million dollars at stake. You should try to do try like something. Do, just try just do something. Try to do something else, like you know, add a little bit more gusto. So what's next? Because Toho's deal with Warner Brothers ends with this movie, and they did not renew. So this is the last Godzilla movie. Last, I guess maybe Zillaverse movie. My heart. I was so ready. I mean, for the time being. So okay, that's fine. Are we going to get more Kong modern day? I really are hope we, we don't. I'm sorry. So, I No. So are we happy with this as a finale? I'm happy. I'm happy not with this being a finale. I'm not going to keep like put this in my mind as a finale. Mm-hmm. I will put Kong Skull Island as my Kong finale. And then this is like you consider this separate. It is separate, but it's in like in the same canon. Yeah. So I will just like put that as my finale, and now I'll, I'll be fine. You know, was there anything because they do it all the time? Now was there like, any like teaser, post credits, anything like that in this? No, no. We stayed. Oh, yeah, I did not. No, because also they don't really like because of the last um, Godzilla movie that they had. They don't really do it. In like post credits, they had it mid credits, mid credits yeah. as the background because I guess that's how they do their credits anyway with yeah. like the news audio and like papers and everything yeah. like that, and that's how they um, foreshadowed this movie mm. in the Godzilla King of Monsters. Yeah. So there's nothing happening. I don't think so. And if there was, mm. I have no idea. I mean, on one hand, it's nice that there is a climax to a story these days. Yeah. On the other hand, it's just like okay, they swam away. Can't they did be... like they did like the bro nod. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just the funniest thing. They did the bro nod. So it was like, "We good?" Yeah. Kong's like, "Yeah, bro." Yeah. Peace out. Yeah, they're just like mates. Yeah, that that was just cool. Yeah. Like two alpha dudes, just you know, because like their life. Next, if there is another one, it would just have to be like just tag team up front. Oh, that would be great. Like that's what they'd have to do. That's exactly because because they... I mean that's the thing when I watched this, I had a real like wrestling mentality where. What like what they should have done is had like they tease them fighting all the way through the film, mm. then they actually collide and Kong just kills Godzilla and like instantly just jumps on his head and just rips it off, and then it's like well now we know just how badass he is and then bang here comes Mecha Godzilla and it's the real deal fight now. Oh, that would have been you fun. know if they would have actually done like wrestling style built a guy up to look really strong. That would have been fun, but that's not what I do. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so that's that's thankfully the end of uh, Godzilla vs <laughs> Kong. I'm watching it again. I'm probably gonna watch it in the next two days. What's next on our docket? So we have Mortal Kombat coming up, mm-hmm. but there's nothing in between that. Yeah, really. It's the end of this. <laughs> Let's hope there's no more Adam Wingard in our future. Yeah, I I'm sorry, dude, but you kind of suck. Yeah, and shave that beard, mate. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, like, keep doing what you want to do. Probably go back to horror. Yeah, because that means I don't have to watch it. Yeah, Josh doesn't have to watch it. I may watch it, but um, go back to horror. He says he's doing Thundercats next. God, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Keep, no, stop touching childhood stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. just do something new, please. Why did you have to tell me that at this moment? I wanted you to feel how I felt watching Godzilla vs. Kong. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Well, see you next time. Bye!